Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 89 of The Dynamite Effect, recapping the highs and lows from AEW Dynamite on TBS. I am your host and humble guide, Keela Cash. Thank you so much for joining me as week 149 of Wrestle continues. Happy Thursday morning, afternoon, and evening to you all as another busy week in the worlds of WWE and AEW continues. And last night was AEW Dynamite going down live from the Indiana Farmers Coliseum in Indianapolis, Indiana. And we kick things off with the former AEW World Champion, John Moxley, making his way through the crowd to a great ovation from the indie audience as he goes back in time to when he was born about 90 miles away from the city as he cut his teeth in the business early on at the Salvation Army gym nearby but he notes there are three things guaranteed in this life death taxes and John Moxley he's been in AEW since day one he considers himself the best wrestler in the world today with or without a major championship around his waist and he notes nobody can outwork me out wrestle me out bleed me out hustle me I am the guy this is my ring this is my show and nobody in the back is going to tell me otherwise and not a man 100 miles away is going to tell me that I am not the guy around here and that leads to Hangman Page's music hitting the crowd pops for his return and he marches right down to the ring to confront John Moxley and Mox says you know what are you sure this is a good idea considering what happened to you last time or better yet can you remember what happened to you the last time you stepped in the ring with me? And that leads to a brawl between Hangman and Mox. It's a great scrap as they are fighting at ringside. We got a shitload of security and refs trying to break things up and they are still going at it. The fans are popping forward. At one point, Moxley slips off the ramp, which is scary because if you land badly, you could fuck up your leg. But he recovers, gets back in the fight against Paige as they brawl backstage and they continue their fight until Mox is ejected from the building. And I I thought this was a very hot way to open up Dynamite and Mox is over as a babyface, which is very nice to see in here after getting the boober treatment a couple of weeks ago at Full Gear against MJF for the AEW World Championship. But it's all about the return of Hangman Page. He was sorely missed on my screen. He suffered a concussion about a month ago against Mox in an AEW World Championship match. It was a scary injury that spooked all of us, but thankfully he's all right and he was cleared to fight last night. And I expect this match between Mox and Page to culminate at Winter coming in a couple of weeks time on TBS a nice way to cap off the year for both men otherwise this was a very hot way to kick off Dynamite from Indianapolis and we move on to Dax Harwood one half of the IWGP AAA and Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions going up against the American Dragon Brian Danielson this match was excellent a pure wrestling clinic great counters early on ground and pound from both guys we had Dax going for a sharpshooter and the American Dragon counters and he kicks Dax in the face and Dax returns a favor by kicking Danielson in the face as well eventually he counters an O'Connor roll into a crossbody off the top rope for a close near fall Danielson responds with a dive on the outside the sends Harwood into the crowd over the railing and they're trading fisticuffs as we go to a picture-in-picture commercial break we come back and in the frame Harwood hits a suplex on Danielson into the crowd which is absolutely crazy we come back full screen and Harwood lands a beautiful power driver on Danielson for a near fall goes up top for a headbutt but Danielson moves out of the way and he goes for that flying knee strike on the outside of Harwood they're fighting on the top rope back in the ring and Danielson's going for those anvil elbow strikes the sternum of Harwood goes for that avalanche belly to back suplex but in doing so Harwood counters that into a crossbody. 
in midair, which was crazy. But Danielson is going to reverse that into a roll-up for a near fall. I love the transitions and counters of the counter of that move. We get more as Harwood and Danielson are trading clotheslines back and forth. Neither man is bending. They're not budging. They're taking the shots until they knock each other out with set clotheslines as the fans pop. They get back up, and Danielson is going to counter a Liga Bomb attempt into a Karakarana for a near fall. But Harwood rolls him up as well in a counter to that counter, which was absolutely crazy. Eventually, Harwood does land that slingshot Liga Bomb on Danielson, immediately transitions into the sharpshooter. That was seamless, tight, and fun, which I loved. And then Danielson is going to get out of that, and we're trading more strikes and kicks until... We have some roll-up attempts by both guys. And at the last moment, Danielson catches Harwood with the LaBelle lock, cranks the pressure, makes him tap out. Great finish to an outstanding match. Danielson goes to shake Harwood's hand. Harwood walks away. The fans boot like, you bastard. But he says, I'm just kidding. He hugs Danielson. It's a great moment between two guys that are excellent at this professional wrestling thing. Harwood has been a revelation this year, putting in that work against CM Punk, Mox, Danielson, Adam Cole, for example, and all of his matches in a single setting has been amazing. He is fan-fucking-tastic. And the words that I have for Danielson are not enough in this space. He's incredible. That is all I have to say. He is truly one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Bell to bell, never misses. And it is truly an honor to see him work on the regular Next up is now All Elite Wrestling main roster member A.R. Fox versus Samoa Joe, the reigning defending TNT and Ring of Honor television champion with the TNT title being at stake for this particular matchup. And A.R. Fox is awesome. Samoa Joe had no respect for A.R. Fox. So he dominates early on. At one point, Fox fights back with a flip dive on the outside and Samoa Joe sidesteps it. Says, fuck you and your flip dive. I don't care about it. But he gets rocked with the kick courtesy of A.R. Fox. As we go picture in picture, we come back and Fox puts up a fight with a float over DDT, a cutter and a 450 splash on Joe for a very close and a fall. But as A.R. Fox goes up top one more time for another dive, Samoa Joe sidesteps it. I laugh again because this man is so disrespectful and he proceeds to take out Fox with the pounce to the ropes and the muscle buster for the win. After the match is over, he basically declares himself the king of television, the king of AW jungle until Wardlow pops up and claims he wants back his championship that was stolen from him courtesy of Joe at Four Gear a couple of weeks ago. And I'm looking forward to this matchup. Possibly our winter is coming in a couple of weeks time in Garland, Texas. Next up, is what we've been waiting for for two weeks, which is MJF speaking for the first time since winning the AEW World Championship from John Moxley at Full Gear a couple of weeks ago in New York, New Jersey. And we got William Regal in the ring to a chorus of boos, and he knows he's safe this week because Mox has been ejected from the building after fighting with Hangman Page at the top of the show. So he introduces Maxwell Jacob Freeman, the new AEW World Champion. Maxwell comes out to a pretty negative reaction. You do get cheers here and there as the fans do tell him to shut the fuck up. And I have to say this for Maxwell, who I love. I have undying love for Maxwell Jacob Freeman, the performer. He's incredible on the mic and in the ring, but this is a rare case of the promo running a bit too long. That self-editing might be your friend. And I felt that he went a touch too long, trying to get heat from the Indianapolis crowd. 
And it was easy at times, but they want to cheer him in some way. And he didn't make it easy as he called out the firm for beating him up a few weeks ago on Dynamite. And this was not an orchestrated attack of the fix was in. They legit whooped his ass on site. And he kind of brushed it aside saying, you know what, that's beneath me. I'm not going to talk about it. But the fact you brought it up basically says that there is unfinished business there and you're going to address it as a champ. As a heel, as a quasi face, I don't know. The better answer would be I paid them to kick my ass, to make it look like I gave a shit about all of you when I did not. That's what the devil does. But instead, he was like, they beat my ass on sight. It was an unprovoked attack, plain and simple. And I was weak in the moment. Okay, still weird. Because it gives you a level of sympathy that you don't need right now. And he goes into William Regal's email to Max a few weeks ago, noting that if you want to really win this championship, don't go for the Dynamite Diamond Ring. Go for the Brass Ring, which Max did to knock out Mox to win the championship. Then he goes into being a not-so-fighting champion. He's going to be working sparingly. He's not going to defend the title regularly on TV outside of Winter is Coming in a couple of weeks against Ricky Starks. And he wants the Poors of Indianapolis to pay to see him on pay-per-view four times a year. Get the most bang for your buck if you can afford it. And he declares the championship around his waist as being mid that I respect the lineage and the people that have held this championship great guys but I don't want to be associated with this championship because I'm simply above it and I've gotten something even better than the big platinum belt and therefore he introduces a brand new customized AEW world championship belt that embodies the spirit of Maxwell Jacob Freeman and it is an AEW championship belt with the leather strap emulating a bullberry scarf you gotta love it it is a big bullberry belt and i am here for the aesthetic and tony shivani shits on this belt saying it sucks it's ugly it's a desecration of the original belt and max was very proud of it to be a champion it's going to work very part-time and he calls out the likes of eddie kingston and danielson for being shit wrestlers who can't compete on his level And he goes into 2024 as he plans to be the hottest free agent in professional wrestling history as he can use this championship as leverage for the next year or so to get the biggest offer from WWE or AEW. We got Nick Khan on the line, trips on the line. And hell, if he gets tired of these people, these lesser thans that are fickle, that would turn on MJF for not wrestling enough, for saying the same old shit for being mid, then he can go to Hollywood to get away from all of this crap. But he directs his attention to William Regal, a guy he must thank for helping him win this championship at full gear. And he takes out the brass knucks and he wants to thank William Regal. But you sense darkness coming as he knocks out William Regal from behind with the knucks. Regal goes down. The crowd goes shh. There's a hush over this crowd as they cannot believe what just happened. And he goes to the message Regal emailed him years ago saying that when Regal is ready to send him his stuff, because right now you ain't got it. And MGF is going to leave through the crowd. Danielson comes out to check on Regal. We got personnel and medical staff checking on Regal who's not moving at this point. He does move a bit on the stretcher as he is locked and loaded with a stretcher job, stretcher jobs, neck brace and all. And the crowd is quiet. It is a hushed silence at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum. 
And this wraps up a heat-filled segment. And I felt it went a bit too long. MJF talks about being a better champion than Hulk Hogan, Jeff Jarrett, Bruno Sammartino, who he hopes is rolling over in his shitty grave at the thought of MJF having a better run than him as champion. Calls out JBL as well. He wants to eclipse the greats, notably. He didn't call out Roman Reigns. You know, he knows when to stay in his lane in some areas. But in all seriousness, you know, this is a way to make... MJF, the devil incarnate. I understand it because he's a great heel. He's been sensational for three years. But at the same time, when you're in cities across America and you feel a switch in terms of reactions, sometimes it's best to go with the hot hand, which is MJF. He can be an anti-hero. He can be a bad guy that happens to be very likable. He has that complexity to his character. His origin story is stuff of legend and he's what 26 years old so much more story to be told for maxwell but i think there's a fight between what he wants to do and what the fans want to do and they really want to cheer him he doesn't want that he'll be villainous evil cruel but there's a respect level they know the deal they know what's up. He's shown enough of his vulnerability to understand why he is the way he is. And it's going to be fun to see him navigate as champion against the likes of Ricky Starks and eventually Eddie Kingston and Brian Danielson. All great matches on tap. He'll get the heat, but we saw people in the crowd clapping at him knocking out William Regal with brass knucks last night as well. So that is a battle he's facing. I think he can win, but I do believe in my heart that there is money being left on the table when it comes to a meaningful MJF championship run. I truly believe that in my soul. And I hope that Tony Khan and Maxwell know what they're doing because I do think that the fans really want to like this guy. How can you not? He's captivating to watch, charismatic, a fantastic professional wrestler when he works. And I just marvel at his ability to give you reasons to care about him in terms of hating him, loving him, and just going along for this ride. Babyface MGF is money. I hope they realize that someday. Even though he wants to be a villain right now, fans still kind of want to love him despite what he did to William Regal last night. And I got to say, this first hour of Dynamite flew by. I looked at my clock. It was 9.06 when this angle went down. Like, holy shit, this hour flew by fast as hell as we move directly into Ricky Starks for Zara Davari. And we got the firm coming out. Matt Hardy does his delete stuff. And Stokely Hathaway tells Matt Hardy to take that shit backstage which I laughed at as his leads to Ara Davari attacking Starks from behind. Starks fights back immediately with a spear and a rush on bow for the win as he is set for the Dynamite Battle Royale next Wednesday on Dynamite. And if he wins, he wants to take that ring off of MJF's hands the following week heading into Winter is Coming in Garland, Texas. So we'll see how it goes next week on Dynamite. Next up is Willow Nightingale versus Anna JAS. And this match was fun. I love Willow Nightingale, so charismatic, so joyful to watch, and hella talented, by the way. Anna Jay probably had one of her better matches in a while against Willow Nightingale, as Willow was able to go after Anna Jay with a nice shoulder tackle, followed by a short arm layered in low cross body for a near fall. She goes for a corner splash in the corner, but Anna Jay is going to avoid that and go after the back and kidney of Willow Nightingale. Lands a spin kick and a blockbuster off the top rope for a near fall as we go to commercial break. 
We come back and both ladies are trading strikes back and forth until Nightingale fights back with a corner splash, a big boot, and a spine buster. Anija hits a kick, followed by the Gory Bomb special for two, goes for the Queen Slayer, but Willow is going to knock Ty Conti off the ropes and land the Doctor Bomb on Anna JAS for the win. Really nice matchup. After the match is over, we get a surprising return in the form of Ruby Soho and she goes after Ty Conti and Anna Jay and she whoops Ty's ass by landing the no destination on the ramp in a great spot as Taz sings along with Ruby Soho to wrap up the return of one of my faves in AEW and I want her to get a push this time around a sustained push on TV in a feud that matters vying for championships in 2023 that's all I want for Ruby Soho who is awesome in every way next up is the tbs championship celebration for jay cargill and her baddies and jade cargill served a look last night i want to say it was a body swimsuit made out of hundred dollar bills it was spectacular the hair the styling the fur it was fucking phenomenal it was a serve it was a superstar serve of a look jade knew it and i loved it and she talked her shit as she went off on red velvet and layla gray for hanging out with kara hogan this weekend because jade kicked kara out of the baddies and she says either you with me or against me i am one of the faces of AEW. look at me nobody looks like me nobody dresses like me nobody wrestles like me i am licensed to print money i am money i put asses in the seats they know who i am they know what i can do i am that bitch and i was like yes talk your shit jay she was smiling a wee bit too much with the line delivery but the substance still carried as we randomly got an appearance from Bow Wow on the big screen saying he wasn't able to be in person for the celebration but he's going to come around very soon for reasons this got dead silence from the crowd didn't care for the cameo very much but Cargill versus Bow Wow is a go at some point on AEW TV should be a sight to see. But all in all, I love Jay's bravado and saying she's the shit. Nobody can touch me. I'm a star on the highest level. And I like that energy. Just see her to curtail the smiling during the promo a bit. And just lean in. Be confident. Be cool. Be that bitch that we know you can be in the best possible way. And now it is time for our main event featuring the third match in the best of seven series involving the Death Triangles pack. Pentel Zero M and Ray Phoenix reigning defending AEW World Trios Tag Team Champs versus the Elites, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. And the Elite are down 2 nothing in this best of seven series. And this match was different from the first two as this was all about brawling with the Elite getting the jump on the Death Triangle on the main stage for the first five minutes of this match as the Bucks were beating down the Death Triangle. Kenny Omega goes for the Katura Crusher and he lands on his ass. It hurts. You can feel it. He's wincing for a bit. He recovers as the Bucks hope pack back for a V-trigger attempt by Omega but pack fights back with a super kick and we got the Lucha Brothers landing a double cutter on the Bucks on the ramp as this fight continues throughout the commercial break as we got some insane spots with all six men brawling all over the entrance area. Pack hits a moonsault off the stage and the Bucks hit Penton Phoenix with the dueling power bomb 
Reigns on the edge of the apron as the match gets underway officially after our picture-in-picture commercial break. We get a ref bump immediately as Rick Knox is knocked out via an errant superkick by Matt Jackson as Penta wipes out the elite with a somersault dive on the outside. So Alex Apahantis is going to help his crew cheat as he hands Penta the hammer to hit Kenny Omega with. But Phoenix is like, no, we don't do this, man. I am not here for the cheating. And Penta shoves Phoenix. They're getting into it over this damn hammer. And Omega wipes out poor Phoenix with a V-trigger in the corner. Penta is going to eat a double super kick by the Bucks, followed by a Snapdragon suplex by Omega, followed by the Kamigori. Then the Elite have a little bit of miscommunication, but hitting Omega with a double corner kick as Death Triangle regains control with triple dives on the outside. Moonsault for one, two, three members of the Elite. Penta comes through with the Fear Factor, and Kenny barely kicks out at two which leads to a super kick party by Matt Jackson, who delivers a locomotive Northern Light suplex to the Lucha Brothers at the same time in a pretty cool spot. Pack wipes him out as he delivers a headbutt off the top rope, followed by an avalanche falcon arrow for a near fall on Omega. We come back from another commercial break, picture in picture style, as Pack is a snap German suplex, which Omega no sows into a lariat before falling down in the ring. Phoenix and Nick have their moments as well, with Nick letting a Cazadora cutter for two. Phoenix tries to double cross body on the Bucks, but they land. And more bang for your buck on Ray Phoenix for a near fall. Pack and Penta work to stop the BTE trigger as Omega fights them off until Phoenix lands a rolling cutter on Omega in a great spot. We got the double foot fear factor on Nick Jackson as the Lucha Brothers take out Omega and Matt with dives on the outside. Pat goes up top for a two on Matt Jackson. And I hate the fact we missed a dive, but okay. Choices director. But... We come back and the Lucha Brothers are holding back Nick and Omega from breaking up any pin attempts. But in doing so, Pat goes up top once again for another black arrow. But Matt gets his knees up and rolls up Pac to pick up the first win for the Elite as Omega holds back Phoenix for breaking up the pin at the last possible moment. And after the match is over, Kenny Omega says, listen, I'm the cleaner. There was going to be no sweep. You ain't got to worry about that. He ends the show with his goodbye and goodnight to wrap up Dynamite at the top of the hour. I thought this was a great match. Third of seven. We will have at least two more matches on tap because it's still a 2-1 lead but it's going to be great as we're heading to winter is coming in a couple of weeks time in Garland, Texas. I'm looking forward to it. It should be a great night of wrestling headlined by MJF versus Ricky Starks with AEW World Championship and the Elite and the Death Triangle never miss. Every match from full gear to last week in Chicago to last night, every match is hit differently and they got four more tries to tell a different story. The crown potentially new trios champs when it's all said and done. And with that, this wraps up a pretty solid dynamite last night. The first hour breezed by best match of the night goes to the main event. Close second is Danielson versus Harwood, which was fantastic. MGF is the devil. We know that. Will it stick? We'll see. The crowd hated him, but you saw pockets of fans loving him as well. And he even offering mixed signals regarding his association with the firm and the beatdown they gave him prior to full gear. So he's got to really figure things out. Yes, he did a very evil act by knocking out William Regal, who might be under some contract distress within AEW because there's rumors about him possibly going back to WWE. He was a big lieutenant for Triple H during his time in developmental and in NXT as well. And we got a not so subtle hint with Triple H dropping the William Regal war games soundbite prior to the pay-per-view this past Saturday on Peacock. So we'll see how 
how it goes. Tony Khan is not keen on releasing people, but this is not going to be a, you're going to go back to work in the ring in WWE. You're going to be maybe a consultant, someone that's going to work behind the scenes and you can find some wiggle room to get out the contract that way. If that's the plan with Regal being stretched out of the arena last night via that blindside attack by MJF. And I can totally sense Danielson versus MJF early next year, possibly at Revolution in San Francisco at the Chase Center where the Warriors play. All in due time, of course. Or, better yet, we do have that first ever Seattle show going down on Wednesday, January 4th, the night of the Tokyo Dome, by the way. But it does lead to what could happen at the Chase Center in San Fran in March, if they so choose to run it back once again. So there's options here for AEW to wait until March, play it up in January to build to March, and just keep going from there. So it's a lot of things we can do to get to where we need to be early next year as the end of the year is upon us as winter is coming going down in a couple of weeks on TBS and on that note this wraps up episode number 89 of the Dynamite Effect recapping the highs and lows from AW Dynamite on TBS I hope you enjoyed it as always you can follow me on social media at LaterSX on Twitter and our Instagram at Receptopia they can find me tweeting and gramming about these podcast shows the drop in the semi-daily recapping Monday Night Raw NXT AW Dynamite Friday Night Smackdown on FS1 tomorrow night and AW Rampage on TNT you know what to do such as Topia and follow me on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Plus Amazon Alexa, and Spotify. I'll be back Saturday morning with episode number 59 of the SmackDown Wind Down slash AW Rampage Late Night Rager. Until then, enjoy your Thursday and your Friday. Stay safe out there and don't forget to wash those hands. See you later, boys and girls. Take care.